I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome back, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Podcast. 32 teams in 32 days, breaking down every team before the start of the 2021 fantasy football season. I am Neil Smith, joined as always by Mr. Steve Bonham. Hello. Oh, Steve, we teased it on the last show, but nobody's 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 less excited about this than us because today <laughs> we get to talk about Kansas City, the Chiefs. I don't know. I mean, I'm excited about it because there's not a lot to talk about. That's fair. Unlike unlike other chief shows, that's, you know what? These are usually a slog for us for the last mm-hmm. like three or four years. This time, we're gonna breeze right through, baby. So I hope you have a short drive to work. And uh, <laughs> as always, we are. Uh, we'll tell you what they're recording. This it is August fourteenth as we sit down to record this. So if anything we say sounds dated, check out the wrap up show that'll be dropping uh, right there before Labor Day weekend, the Friday before. We'll update any takes that need to be updated before everybody should be sitting down to draft. So keep uh, keep an eye out for that as we get a little bit closer to the start of the season. So also, everything that we will be referencing is based on 12-team PPR. We'll be referencing our own content as well as the Fantasy Pros ECR as well as a few other things along the way. Uh, check us out at importantnonsense.com. Check us out at importantnonsense.com slash Patreon. Uh, and for $1, $1 a month, you can sign up to join our Discord. So feel free to do that. Join up. Join up. We have any number of people that are on there at any given moment to answer questions or just talk about fantasy football and weirdly talk about professional wrestling. That's not really a part of the community that I'm involved in. Weirdly. I don't know. Well, I'm not part of it. I don't know. I don't know anything. McAfee commentates on it. So clearly the two worlds are meant to be combined. (laughs) I mean, clearly because I'd argue most of the wrestlers are former football players anyway. So I would argue it's one of the busiest sections of the discord. (laughs) So clearly they're meant to be combined. So it's a, uh, it's an interesting thing that we've uh, that we've set up in the background. So if you have questions, a uh, dollar a month, come and ask us directly. We'll we'll answer your questions for you. Also, that at the FF nerd would love to talk to you. He's 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 getting very lonely. He'd like to talk to people. <laughs> so we're we're uh, we're trying to help him out. So and we'll talk more about him tomorrow. As we're probably very rude about his team when we break down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we usually are historically, exactly. but that's not today's show. Today we're going to breeze through Kansas City. Because very little has changed from last season. Everybody remembers the season they had last year. You know, it is what it is. They're they're a playoff team, a perennial playoff team. They're good. They have a lot of good players. And I would argue that if you want to talk about real football for just 30 seconds, they've made some very questionable decisions now that they've actually had to start paying some of these people. And their whole line is going to be bad this year, probably because of it. And their defense is still going to be bad because... Contrary to what people would have you believe for whatever reason, the Kansas City defense is usually pretty bad, even when they've had a good team. The reason they put up good offensive numbers is because they're chasing points a lot. Yep, and they're constantly out there on offense for large chunks of the game because the offense can keep the ball and the defense can't stop anything. Unless they're playing Denver, but that's not their defense being good. That's just Denver historically the last few years. And so it's there's just not a whole lot. Patrick Mahomes is back. He's healthy. He's the quarterback. He's the quarterback one in fantasy for basically every outlet. We don't have it that way on our projections, necessarily speaking, but he is my personal number one quarterback in my rankings. And 
it's just it's a volume thing. Volume is king. You mentioned it in the last show. Volume is king. He's got all the volume and he's healthy again. And you feel pretty good about it at this point based on the body of work. So, I mean, I don't think there's too much to talk about. I know he's uh, he's still very high for you. I don't know if he's your number one anymore. I don't think he is. But no, we've talked about this. Kyler is my number one, but yeah. it's him and Mahomes in the same tier. And it's yep. tier one above everybody else. So yep. same for me. It's just it again. It's it's whatever you want. It's your personal preference. Kyler's mine. It's yeah. And I'd, ra- Mahomes, I'd, I'd rather have Mahomes. Just but it's it's close. You're splitting hairs. It's really it's really not that that dramatic for me. So I don't think you can go wrong either way. And Mahomes is Mahomes. He's great. He's going to put up another great season, and he'll get you some rushing. And he'll he's not as mobile as he used to be, and doesn't need to be because he's got a cannon for an arm and. He's hugely accurate, and he's got really great weapons to throw to. So you can't really go wrong. I just would caution people, as always, about you know overpaying for one of these big name quarterbacks. You know that's the thing that I think a lot of a lot of lesser experienced players and sometimes you know more rookie players. It's a it's a common mistake to make. They they watch a lot of real football yeah. and they know a quarterback is very important, but in fantasy that only goes so far. So that's really the only thing I would concern I would have is if you overpaid to get to get Mahomes. So and you might, given his his ADP currently, which is kind of why I think the more relevant part of the conversation, his ADP is inflated again. Really all the Chiefs are inflated again, if you want my opinion. My opinion on this, and we we talked about it yeah, every we talk about it every year. Yes. There are certain the teams that the math doesn't <laughs> add up once again, as we pointed out last year and I think the year before, the projections for a lot of outlets, the math does not add up for Kansas City as a whole. If you actually broke down the whole team and added up how many receptions and opportunities they're projecting projecting for people to run the ball. It doesn't translate to what Mahomes' numbers would be. So there's something not quite right. It it causes weird things to happen and it makes players on the Chiefs look more attractive than I feel they actually are. Mahomes himself is no different. So I would really just temper expectations slightly. And given his ADP right now, Maybe stay away from Patrick Mahomes. Would, yeah, would he's probably going be at 14 more. overall, top of yeah, the second round. I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to pay that for any quarterback, frankly. Like quarterback as a position to me is not worth that. So I would be inclined to leave Patrick Mahomes out there, let somebody else take that, and you'll probably be happier for it because there are a million mid-tier options and even slightly lower tier options that aren't even mid-tier at quarterback this year. It's a deep position again, and you just you don't really need Patrick Mahomes to have success in fantasy football. So I wouldn't pay up to the tune of 14 overall. And I'm assuming you're in the same boat with any of that. Right. And something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we've already taken way too long on this. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. We, so, we've talked about it. This is the gloss well, then, through. Like then we'll Mahomes through, is what then it we'll, is. Then yeah. we'll whip through and just talk about what matters and what matters to me. And I think to most people is Travis Kelsey. He's the number one tight end. Yeah. The only analysis I can give you here is the same. I just gave you for Patrick Mahomes. Don't same overpay thing. for it. He's going very high in ADP. Don't you don't overpay for it. There are other tight ends, or you uh, can let's see seven overall right now. Yeah, so, so I, and I wouldn't. Back. I I wouldn't do that. I would wait. Now there's no tight end that I would argue is worth that much. So I would. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, if you get him on the back end of the first round, I could see it. If well, it's no, a but tight end premium, you're not. But you're not. Sure. Okay, that's different. But this is twelve team redraft focused, and I'm yeah, saying if, if, you had, if we're talking about twelve team redraft, Kelsey is arguably a decent enough pick at in the seven. back end. They yeah. want him at seven, though, and I would say. No, no, I'm saying if he falls to the end of the first. Oh, sure, yeah. If he falls to the end of the first, that's a different thing. I was commenting about like him. If going we're looking at like you have the eleven or twelve pick, and you can get Kelsey there and a wide receiver or one of the pass catching backs, yeah, yeah. Because at that point, if you're talking about taking a pass catcher in PPR anyway, sure, why not take 
Travis Kelsey, but I feel like you can get uh, Darren Waller or yeah, Darren Waller and George Kittle right now are going to the top of the third round. So cheaper options for sure that are going to give you pretty much the same production. Yep. So I, that's why I would say I'm I'm not interested at seven, but yes, at 12 or at 11, yep. even sure. I'd be sure. fine Consider with that. Like, there, yeah. I can marry him with something else like you're talking about and feel good about the, the cornerstone of my team because it's going to be reliable. That part of the Chiefs is usually pretty reliable, the Kelsey part of it. So I feel pretty good about that. And then we get into things that are less reliable as we pivot into wide receiver. And we, of course, are now obligated to talk about Tyreek Hill which is perennially a very long conversation on this show, but this year we're going to sum it up because we've done it so many times. And it's just, he's the poster child for touchdown regression analysis. If it's, if he, he seems to to live in this world where he can defy that, but it's the same thing every year with Tyreek Hill. We are usually lower on him as a site than the industry. This year's not that much different, but we are closer to the industry than in other years. I have him at wide receiver seven, and I'm just going to caution you on it a little bit, which is if he scores a touchdown, he's a wide receiver one. If he doesn't score a touchdown, you're probably getting a four. And most years he's been able to avoid the fours enough for you that it cashes you out and it's fine. But just be aware that there will be a year where he's not going to overcome that. <laughs> and that year you're going to pay. Yeah. Somebody's going to pay the Piper on this when the game of musical chairs stops. I'd prefer it not be me. So I tend yeah. to still stay away from him as much as possible. I don't really want many shares of Tyree kill while acknowledging that when he does score touchdowns, which he does pretty frequently, he puts up a lot of points and I can't sit here and deny that anymore. So it's just a frustrating user. Oh, I, I, yeah. I've never denied that. My whole yeah. thing, as you know, um, is at this point, like Tyreek Hill is essentially uh, Tyler Lockett, right? He's, yeah. he's basically Tyler Lockett, but he plays for the chiefs. So instead of going <laughs> as a wide receiver two, he goes as the wide receiver two off the board in a lot of drafts. If you've ever followed our advice, our rankings, or anything we do, it doesn't matter. We could have Tyreek Hill rated at wide receiver 99, and we wouldn't need justification for it because if we don't have him rated at three or higher, you're never going to have Tyreek Hill if you're going off of our rankings. It just is what it is. And to your point, what you were talking about, uh, last year, Tyreek Hill finished the season at 21.9 points per game, which was wide receiver two. And if you took away his touchdown production, because remember he scored a touchdown in almost every game last year. If you took away his touchdown production, so it was just yardage and receptions, he was wide receiver 15 in points per game. So that's a, it's a large gap. And the bigger thing that has always been my argument against Tyreek Hill is like you said the the touchdown dependency if you remove the touchdowns based on just purely his production he had three wide receiver one weeks two weeks as a wide receiver two four as a flex and six as a bench player that he wasn't even startable so you have to have the touchdowns you have to have the home runs it's too much heartache for me wide receiver is deep so if you want to take Tyreek Hill early and then get a bunch of guys that you can count on for their floor later in the draft, then that's, again, that's, that's not a headache I want to deal with, but if that's you, you, you go right ahead. Yeah. If you're, if you're a gambler, if you're a, if you're a hardcore gambler and, uh, and you like to roll them bones, Tyreek Hill might be your guy, but 
if you like a little bit more in the way of stability and predictability, I'd argue you should stay away because as you just pointed out wide receiver is deep and there are lots and lots of options that are, that are going to have similar type of ceilings, but not nearly the floor. So I don't like to live on a knife edge like that. It sounds like you don't either. So you and I have historically told people to stay away and this year will be no different, but there's enough people that consistently want him that he goes as wide receiver three. So I am not going to get involved in that. And we're just going to, we're just going to leave that there. So if that's you, good luck folks. <laughs> that's right. There you go. Uh, in the background, there's really like not that much. The only, I guess, kind of notable subtraction was Sammy Watkins is now no longer playing in Kansas city to the extent that it mattered before. And I'd argue it barely did. He's now in Baltimore, as we pointed out in the Baltimore show. So no more Sammy Watkins to kick around in Kansas city. A lot of people are expecting big things from Mecole Hardman, uh, stepping up. A lot of basically, people are to, always expecting big things from Mecole Hardman. Yeah, and this year's no different because he's being drafted as though he's going to step on that field and produce as the second wide receiver in Kansas City, and that is how what you the price tag you will have to pay if you would like to roster Mecole Hardman. Similar to Tyreek Hill, the, the hype train gets to a point because it's the Chiefs that this is just what the price is. So for us, I mean, in our actual website projections, he was wide receiver 76. He's a polarizing topic internally for us. Some people are in and some people are like, I've seen Nicole Hardman play football. You're not going to convince me that Sammy Watkins leaving suddenly means Nicole Hardman like matters. And there's, it's, it's kind of like two different camps. Yeah, uh, his, well, just, history has shown that statistically speaking, even with Mahomes, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Tyreek Hill and not much else matters. Yeah, that's really like that's really it. So, if you're interested in, in Michael Hardman as a dart throw, go crazy. But I don't know where do you even have Michael Hardman ranked very quickly. Uh, that is a fantastic question. Uh, it's got to be low. I'm scrolling through pages, so that's not a good thing. That's not a good sign. Uh, 78, which is kind of in line with where our projections are. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. That's it's he's. He's kind of like, if you want him, I've been seeing him going in the 50s. And I have him at 59 because I, I did move him up a little bit. But realistically, what are you talking about at 59? You're talking, yeah, about, yeah. talking about drafting him with Nelson Aguilar. Like, right. it's, not, it's not a significant investment. But if you, yeah. want, him, if you want him in ADP where I've been it's seeing him go. specific is, dart throw. That's what yeah, you want to do. I've been, I've been seeing him go, ahead. though, at like the, low, like the, the end of the 40s and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, if that's your thing, yeah. go crazy. But just be aware that. He's he's had a couple flashes, but he has never done anything consistently in the NFL. So if that's your deal, that's your deal. But best of luck. And then Demarcus Robinson is not draftable. He's still with the team. He is the third receiver. Not really sold on Demarcus Robinson, frankly, at all. And wouldn't count on it for anything meaningful. They still also have Byron Pringle. Same response to that. There just isn't much on this team outside of it, to your point, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, as far as pass catchers that you're going to count on reliably. And so I would recommend you pretty much stay away from all of it and probably just know who Mecole Hardman is because it could pan out. But if at this point, there's enough people drafting Mecole Hardman high enough that he's probably not going to hit the waiver wire just about any draft you're in. You're gonna well, I was going to say, you probably just want to know the name just so you're aware of why is this person being drafted? That's why. <laughs> so let's let's just close with running back here. Because it's not, it's actually, this is a lot less complicated too than it was last year. Because Clyde Edwards Hilaire coming into year two is no longer being drafted by the fantasy community to be a top five running back, which was the entire reason shocking. we were here. Oh, shocking. If only there was someone who tried to warn you or an entire website of people shouting it from, from every possible platform 
that this was a bad idea and you were going to be sad about it. That was a that was a slightly vindictive and vindicating experience last year watching that go cake in the rain. So now we've got him projected at RB18. He is my RB18 in my personal rankings. And that's more or less in line with ADP when we checked. So that I'm fine with it. If you want to get him as an RB2, that's what he is. He's an RB2. He's going to catch some passes and he'll have some nice run. And Well, I mean... Again, it's it's the same thing as always. I'm with you. I've got him at 18 as well. Um, we, we talked about the fact that the the shine kind of went off it a little bit, but even then, he's right now 14 in the ECR, 14 in ADP. So I feel like he's he's being valued at 18, which is good for us and makes sense for us in that RB2 tier. But there there's still a group of people out there, but that believe. He will be an RB1 this year, and it's pumping up his ADP. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. If you can get him at 18, which you will in some drafts where he's going to fall because people have sense, then <laughs> do do that. Get him as an RB2, which is what he should be, right? In that 18 to 20 range. And I'm not paying one penny more than that. I'm I'm done. If somebody wants to overdraft on that and go before like running back 18 in that territory, let him. Yep. <laughs> we saw what happened to those people last year. And I don't, there's not enough, there's not enough volume and there's not enough running of the ball, frankly, for him to ascend any higher than well, around 18, 15. What do yeah, you, what's, that, the ceiling, what's the ceiling for CEH, Steve? Is it that Kareem Hunt season you think? That's yeah, what the, I think. Ceiling, the ceiling is top 10, but yeah. to be fit, and he's going at 14 is the problem. And I think the other issue here is people seem to forget about the fact that they have never, ever Outside of that one year, maybe with Kareem Hunt, maybe. But even then, Damian Williams still existed. They've yes. never had a full three down back. But last year they had CEH, he had all the hype, and they brought in Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was not good. No, he wasn't. Le'Veon Bell is no longer in the league because of it. But they still brought in another body because they didn't trust CEH. And then he got hurt and proved their entire point that he can't handle the entire workload and they, they still have Daryl Williams. They re-signed him. They signed Jarek McKinnon in free agency for whatever that's worth. They have depth. They still have our boy Darwin free Darwin Thompson. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> Gotta they, get that in there. The point is they have depth. They, they have guys. They will use a rotation. CEH will never be a full three down back. Even in PPR, Mahomes doesn't throw the ball to the running back. They're never going to give him enough volume for him to, I think, hit that top 10 ceiling. The only way that happens is if McKinnon and Williams are consistently hurt, which is possible. But if that happens, then they give a full three down workload to CEH. But I then think can you might stay healthy? Need, I think you might also need Travis Kelsey to get hurt too or something to cause Mahomes to have to throw to the running back. Well, he'd still, but like even. He'd have the full rushing workload is kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I, Even I then, I, yeah. I don't think he gets to over 250 touches, which is what he would have to do in order to be a top 10 or even top that's, 15 that's, back. Yeah, if you're just going purely on running back and how you'd have to do mm -hmm. it, yeah, you'd never get there. There's not enough opportunities, period. Yep. So it's just the way that it would work. So, okay, there you go. CEH. The defense is terrible. Well, I was going to say, say uh, Harrison real Butler quick. is good. Real that's quick, Daryl Daryl Williams, handcuff to CEH. That's the one you would want. Yeah, if you that's were what I said. interested yep. in something. Okay, just making sure we drive yeah. that point home. Yep. Daryl, if you're going with CEH for me, and you could get him at the relative like 
RB 18 type of neighborhood type of thing. And he falls a little bit from where his current ADP is. I'd be interested in it, but I'd also make sure I got Daryl Williams because you pointed it out. None of these guys is the picture of health. And Daryl Williams is the one that has the first crack through the door. And is the most likely one to be useful at some point. Well, Daryl Williams right now is running back 58 going undrafted. Exactly. So it would I don't be, even. So I don't even care not, about. You might not even have to draft him. Is kind of my point. Like I don't even necessarily him. need him as the handcuff to Ceh. I'm fine drafting him because again, I think he has enough of a role on that team. I'm good drafting him if I don't have Ceh. Okay, so there you I'm, go. That's, I'm good taking him in a spot where he's one of my late round guys for upside. Yes. So, Whereas Jarek McKinnon wouldn't be. And, Correct. Uh, yeah. So Daryl Williams would be the one if there was yeah. another guy that would be worth yeah. it. So 100%. yeah. And to, so that's just to put a fine point on that. So there you go, folks. The team is good. Ceh just don't overpay for it. And you touched on it a second ago. The defense is going to be terrible. Don't get suckered in by that narrative-based analysis that oh, Chiefs defense. Pff, ignore that. They're not going to be good. And then Harrison Butker is going to be good. And but it's kicker. Just don't overpay for kicker ever. So realistically, that's it, folks. That's the Kansas City Chiefs in a nutshell. Uh, so what we're going to do tomorrow is, as I touched on it in the beginning of the show, we're going to be very rude, more than likely, about at the <laughs> nerds uh, team, I would think. Historically, that's correct. Although this year, Steve, as a tease for the audience, I don't know how rude we're going to be. They've got some players on that team for a change that you and I actually kind of like. Yeah. It'll be Well, that we're higher on than the industry. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, with that, we will catch all of you tomorrow. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!